Please join me in the prayer for elimination. Gracious God, our Father, as your word is read and proclaimed, may your Holy Spirit help us to live as people of gospel for your grace. Equip us to embody the spirit of self-discipline and love as we strive to be your holy people of living faith. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, we pray. A reading from the Lamentations of the Prophet Jeremiah from the first chapter. How lonely sits the city that once was full of people. How like a widow she has become. She that was great among the nations. She that was a princess among the provinces has become subject to forced labor. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has no one to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her and have become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile with suffering and hard servitude. She lives now among the nations. She finds no resting place. Her pursuers have, have all overtaken her in the midst of her distress. The roads to Zion mourn, for no one comes to the festivals. All her gates are desolate. Her priests groan. Her young girls grieve, and her lot is bitter. Her foes have become her masters. Her enemies prosper because the Lord has made her suffer for the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone away, captives before the foe. From daughter Zion has departed all her majesty. Her princes have become like stags that find no pasture. They fled without strength before the pursuer. Here reads, hence the reading.
A reading from St. Paul's second letter to, the t to Timothy, the first chapter. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God to the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestor did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. For this reason, I am reminded you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hand. For Christ, for God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. Here ends the reading.
gospel lesson from Luke chapter 15, 17, beginning with verse 5. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later, you may eat and drink. Do you think that the slave... For doing what is commanded. So you also, when you have done all that you are ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Long before W.C. Handy wrote the first blues song on Beale Street in Memphis, God's people knew about the blues. We read them in the book of Lamentations. This book in the Old Testament is distinctive because of the context in which it was written, but also its poetic style. In the ancient Hebrew, one would notice a particular poetic device being used in order to communicate the heart of the message. To lament means to grieve, to emotionally let it all out because of what has happened. It involves truth-telling, Telling the truth about the current state of affairs, but also being truthful about how it affects us. That's what it means to lament. So lamentations, this is the noun version, we have in the book of Lamentations five poems that lament what happened to God's people. When the Babylonians came in, desecrated all that was holy, cast the people out of their land, and made life incredibly hard for them to be faithful together. Lament. Expressing honestly with grief the loss that has just rocked our world. That's what it means to lament. Now, here's something interesting. Right in the middle of these five poems, we read these verses in chapter 3. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Does that sound familiar? We just sang that amazing hymn of the faith. The choir beautifully sang an anthem based upon this same verse. Let me read it again. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
So in the middle of the lamentation is a burst of hope. The possibility for God to bring about something good, beautiful, and just, even with all of the heartache and loss. I think this is such an important word for us today because we have been a people about lament. Some of us have been lamenting for many years, maybe even many decades, how life is different. You know the kind of conversations around the coffee table about how things are different now than how they used to be. You've heard those conversations. You may have even contributed to them. But especially over the past two and a half years, we've been lamenting how life is different. The loss, the pain, the struggle, the challenges along the way. One of the ways that we have been lamenting is the deep divisiveness that seems to be prevalent in so many aspects of life. Deep divides within families, communities, our country, even on an international scale. Here's something I've noticed. I wonder if you've noticed it too. Whenever there is a divide that's experienced over a situation, a topic, a person, people on both sides of the divide seem to lament the fact that there is a divide. In other words, on this side of the situation, I look and I see this deep difference. And I notice it and I think to myself, oh, it shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't be so far apart. Meanwhile, the other people on the other side, they're also lamenting that the divide exists. Maybe just somehow we can start to move forward if we can commonly agree that the divide should not be there. Is that at least a starting point? I was talking with a church member recently who was lamenting. Lamenting a relationship within her family. There is a person in her family with whom she is very close, always has been, always wants to be, but, but things have been tough lately because it seems that every time they talk on the phone, the same two or three topics keep coming up. They're likely the same couple of topics that you read about on the news, the same ones that you talk about with your family members or avoid talking about with your family members. And because every time she picks up the phone and calls and talks, it's painful, it's hard, quite frankly, a little annoying, frustrating. And so what happens? She's hesitant to call. Hesitant to call then leading to another time hesitant to call, which means the relationship is even more strained. She looks at this and realizes it shouldn't be this way. My hunch is, so does the other person at the other end of the telephone line. We have been people who have been lamenting the situation. But I want us to hear from the Bible what springs up in the middle of the lament, it's a word of hope. Hope about God's faithfulness. 
Again, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Or as the hymn puts it, morning by morning, new mercies I see. Or to put it in a little bit more common vernacular, you know, every day I wake up and I see new reasons to be hopeful. And God is the one who makes it happen. God is the one. Unity that we can experience in our families, in our community, in our world, even in our church. We're not going to experience it because of how clever we are coming up with an argument to try to change somebody's mind and get them to agree with us. Unity is only found because of what God provides in and through the person of Jesus Christ. The good news of the gospel is God's love for us saves us from our sin so that we can be together in community. Now. Today is World Communion Sunday. A day when other Christians and other churches, denominations around the world can be gathered together around the same table. We humbly hope that our Lord's table is not just small enough for us and those who think like us, dress like us, look like us, believe like us. But we hope on this World Communion Sunday that the table is, is broad enough, long enough, spacious enough to welcome not only you, but the person who thinks differently than you, disagrees with you. Space at the table for all people. So many times the things that do divide us are the things that prevent us from experiencing what God would truly have. I want to share a story I recently heard from Reverend Katie Leinberger. Now to remind you who she is, she is a United Methodist elder serving with district leadership. And she and her family have become active in our church over the past several years. Her son, her son, she's home with her son, Asher, right now, born just a few weeks ago, beautiful baby boy. Um, so, hello, Katie. Hello, Asher. I know you're watching on the live stream. But up in the balcony is her husband, Andy, and their wonderful daughter, Hadley, who is in our church's CDC. Many years ago, Katie was on a mission trip at, in the Dominican Republic. And she was there to do what we oftentimes try to do on a mission trip. Serve, learn, grow, connect with people who are different than we are. And that was happening in many different ways. But there came a time during a worship service, which was led entirely in Spanish, where Katie admittedly felt a little bit out of place not being fluent in Spanish, not really sure what was happening in the liturgy, she felt like perhaps she didn't belong there. She was trying to listen, trying to pay attention. But then there came a time at the end of the worship service when the presiding pastor took the bread, took the chalice, And at that time, she realized 
that they spoke the same language. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Let us stand together now as we affirm our faith together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. 